Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Hallelujah. Amen. Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning and this rainy, beautiful Sunday morning? Is it raining still outside? I don't, I don't know. It was raining earlier. You know, yeah, all day rain, okay. You can't trust this Maryland weather, you know. I don't. <laughs> I don't trust the weather. Amen. Um, I'll give everybody a second to get situated here. I know uh, um, we're mostly all in here. Amen. Uh, in, your, in the meantime, I would like to, first of all, give honor uh, to Pastor Sister Valerie Bishop and Bishop's wife for the opportunity to be here today and uh, teach. I do not take it lightly ever. I do not. In fact, I was, it's more, it's more even so uh, nerve-wracking because the bishop is here, you know, that's like, that's like doing a presentation in front of the principal, you know, the superintendent of the school, I don't, I don't you know, the school-wise, you know, but, but amen, have mercy, Jesus. So, but uh, if you want to turn your Bibles to the book of Exodus, and we'll be reading there in verse, I mean, chapter 14, verses 31. 1431, Exodus 31. Amen. And uh, everybody there? Second book? Amen. So the Bible says, And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Amen. I'm going to read that one more time. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Amen. If you all can just set your Bibles down real quick and maybe lift, lift a hand to pray to God for this word this morning. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks, Jesus, for this opportunity to be here teaching this word, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you be the one that's speaking this morning. Lord, let you take control. I'll let you take control right now, Lord, of what is going to be taught today, Lord Jesus. Let somebody be receptive, Lord. Let somebody receive this word. Give us understanding of who you are and what you want to show us through this word today, Lord. Open our minds and our hearts to receive it, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. You all may be seated. Amen. Amen. And I, I like how, how Bishop started this morning, you know, speaking about God and the power he has to perform miracles. And we all know that God has always been performing miracles since the beginning of time. Creation in and of its own is miraculous. There's no other being than God that can do something like that. Create something out of nothing. Speak into things into existence. Amen. Filling the void, giving light, creating things. That is the God that we serve this morning. Amen. Amen. And so we pick up in this, in this book of Exodus. And I, I know our Brother Mitchell said last week that we we're going to be looking at the, at the path of the children of Israel 
while they were in captivity. And I know last week he, pre he taught rather about how n they are no longer slaves, right? He, his, his topic was somewhere along those lines. Um, I don't remember much because I was translating, so I have to translate it to Spanish to English and then trying to tell you guys. So that's a, it's a, a bit of a long process. But I, I know he, he spoke about how the elephant from birth, you know, he, he gets tied with a, with a big chain because, you know, they want to keep him contained. But then as time goes by, they only use a small rope. You know, they could even use dental floss to keep that elephant there knowing he will not go away. Because he's so used to being captive, to being enslaved, to being in chains that, you know, he's, that's something he's just used to. But I know Brother Mitchell expanded a, a little bit on that. And he gave a little bit of correlation on how that worked for the children of Israel. Amen. So, so, so they were in the same situation as the elephant in, in some ways. They were kind of used to the slavery, amen? Even when they were delivered, they still longed to be back. But, 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 but today we're going to go back a little bit to something that happened before they were delivered, amen? So today we're going to talk about the ten plagues that, that happened to Egypt, the ten plagues that God sent to Egypt, amen? So... Um, if if, if you all have your Bibles still there, I mean, you can turn to Exodus 7 and 17, and I'm, I'll, I'll try to go, well, I'm definitely going to go in order, I'm not going to try, I'm definitely going to go in order on how these plagues happened. And, and just to recap, here are the 10 plagues that uh, happened or that, uh, that were given to Egypt by God, amen? So the first one is that he turned water into blood. He turned the Nile River into blood. All the water was turned into blood. Then, um, some of y'all's probably favorite one, not mine, frogs. Frogs, frogs, frogs. I know last week I, I said something <laughs> along those lines, and it's coming back to, I mean, not last week. Last time I taught, I know I said something. And then, uh, yeah, so frogs, lice was the third one. Uh, flies was the fourth one. The livestock pestilence was the fifth one. Boils was number six. The seventh one, hail and fire. Number eight, locust. Number nine, darkness for three days. And number 10, the last one, death of the firstborn. So these are in order how it happened. And, and, and like I said, Exodus 7, 17. Um, so, so what I'm trying to, to show you all this morning is give correlation on the plagues and how somehow God used these plagues to let both Egypt and Israel know that he is who he said he was. Amen? When, 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 uh, when God appeared to Moses, he told him, I am. I am that I am. He is the I am. Amen? He is the I am. So these, all these uh, ten plagues have something to do with God showing that he is who he said he is. Amen? And, and I'll go a little bit deeper in, in, into this. So Exodus 7, 17 and 18, the Bible says, Thus says the Lord, In this thou shalt know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will smite with the rod that is in mine hand upon the waters which are in the river, and they shall be turned into blood. And the fish that is in the river shall die, and the river shall stink. And the Egyptians shall loathe to drink of the water of the river. Other translation says they will not be able to drink out of the water. Now, keep in mind, these plagues happened, and we only can visualize them in our minds, right? We can only kind of see them. We can imagine in our minds the, the Nile River turning into blood. But it goes a little deep in there. It says, 
that the fish shall die. So, so, so not only are you seeing the, 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 the water turning into blood, but you're seeing fish floating, you know, on top of, of the water of, or of the blood, dead. And then it says, and the river shall stink. So, so we, we hardly, I mean, at least me, when I think of, of that first plague, I, I don't think of a smell. But what smell can you put to a stinky river? Have you all ever been to a stagnant water pond? It's not that, it's not that nice. But, but, the, but the first plague that, that God sent to Egypt was that he turned the water into blood. And now the Egyptian god of the Nile, his name or its name is Happy. You know, not happy, but happy, you know. And, and, and that is the Egyptian God that was a water bearer. The first plague that was given to the Egyptians from God was that of turning the, uh, the water to blood. As Aaron, the spokesman of Moses, touched the rod of the Lord into the Nile River, it immediately turned to blood, and all the fish died, and the river stank. Partially able to duplicate this miracle, the magicians of Pharaoh also turned water into blood. We all know that story, right? They, they, they replicate what God did through Aaron and Moses. And the magicians also turned the water into blood, leaving Pharaoh unimpressed with his great wonder from God. So Pharaoh's heart was hardened, like, like God said he would. So he was not impressed. He said, well, you did that. My magician said that. What's so special about this? Well, seven days, the water throughout all the land of Egypt remained in this state, unsuitable for drinking, and the perfect length of time to demonstrate that the Lord was superior to all the other gods of Egypt. So that's letting Egypt know, I am the I am. That God that you serve, the, the God of the Nile, I am greater than him. I can turn that Nile River into blood because that is who our God is. He is powerful and able to perform that miracle, letting Egypt know that he can control the gods that they, that they worship. Amen? The second plague was um, the frogs. Oh, man. And the Lord spoke unto, I mean, Exodus 8, 5 and 6 speaks of what happened in this time. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Stretch forth thine hand with thy rod over the streams, over the rivers, and over the ponds, and cause frogs to come up from the land of Egypt. And Aaron stretched out his hands in the water of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. Now, if, if seeing water turning to blood scares you, I know for sure Seeing the frogs come out of there would have scared me. I would have been terrified because it says a couple um, uh, verses before that the frogs came out of everywhere. He would cause the frogs to be in your food, in your bed. Oh, man. Everywhere. That's, that's, that's not... And, Bishop, just so you know, I, I, I used to, and I say used to because I'm getting better at it, I used to have ranitophobia, which is the fear of frogs. Uh, by the grace of God, is is going away little by little. Uh, the more I speak of it, the, the, I think the more. So you may be you may be hearing me hearing speak. Up. You may be hearing me speak more of it, <laughs> just so I can get over it. Amen. So please help me. <laughs> so, so Hecate was the 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 Egyptian goddess, uh, which was the goddess of fertility and water renewal. That that's what she was called. And Hecate, the Egyptian goddess, had the head of a frog. Now that is my least favorite Egyptian goddess, just so you all know. And he brought that plague, the frogs coming out of the Nile River. So still Pharaoh refused to let the children of Israel go from the presence of Egypt. The second plague that was extended uh, from the rod by Aaron was that of frogs. The frogs came up from the river and were in their houses, I mean, and their foods, and their clothing, and every place possible. You can just imagine. 
If you like frogs, that's heaven for you, but not for me. So the great, from the greatest to the least, no one in Egypt escaped from the plague of frogs. Pharaoh's magicians were able to bring more frogs, oh my goodness, in the attempt to imitate the power of God. So not only frogs everywhere, but now more frogs by these you know, magicians. Uh, but this was another attack on the famous Egyptian, Egyptian goddess, Hecate. So once again, God is letting them know that that other God you worship, I can control it. Amen? I, you know, I create, he created frogs, right? So, so, so in, in fact, they're worshiping part of God's creation, but they're completely turning it around and, and focusing on this frog-like headed creature, but not on the creator. Amen? Uh, the third one was the lice, you know. Uh, Exodus 8 and 16, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Stretch out thy rod and smite the dust of the land, that it may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. And they did so. And for Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod and smote the dust from the earth, and it became lice in man and in beast. All the dust of the land became lice throughout the land of Egypt. So we go from bloody rivers to frogs. And now lice. You know, I'd rather have lice than frogs, I'm just saying. Because you'll see me in my front yard just going, you know, you know, taking care of the lice. But, <laughs> but it, was, it, was, it, was, it was trying to show the God of the earth because the lice came from the dust that was picked up from Aaron's rod, right? When he struck, struck and the dust came up, it became lice. So uh, Jeb is the Egyptian God of the earth, and the Egyptian God Jeb was over the dust of the earth. So once again, he's saying that God, the dust God, the dirty God, I, was, I would call it, I can control that too. And look what I can do to it. Amen? Letting them know, still, I am. All right? Still, Pharaoh will not concede even after this display of power from the Lord. You know, I, I, even after seeing things happening, happening, Pharaoh will not concede. Amen? He will not let them go. But at the command of the, Lord, uh, of the Lord to Moses, Aaron was told to stretch forth his rod and smite the dust from the earth. And when the dust became lice throughout all the land on both people and beasts. So not only the people have lice, but the, their cattle, their beasts had lice, you know. Uh, so that's not a pretty sight to see. Probably the barbershops were really busy that time. But the, the dust that was re referred to in the creation process of man is now used to plague men. Right, because God created man, Adam, from dust. So now it's, it's so, 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 so that's what God is showing. Look, I can create things with dust. I can create something beautiful like, like Adam or something not as beautiful as lice. Letting them know again that he has the power of creation. He has power. You know, God is powerful. So finally, the magicians of Pharaoh are humiliated, being unable to complete with this uh, to compete with this power that was so much greater than themselves and the powers that they had from the Egyptian gods and goddesses. So, and they profess this is the finger of God. That's what they say. This is the finger of God. So, so the magicians are starting to 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 notice. Look, we cannot do this. This is this comes from another power. This comes from, from something else. We, we, we cannot put our fingers on it because it is the fingers of God. Amen. This was the last plague that required Aaron's involvement. As the next set, three, uh, as the next set of three plagues are issued by the word of Moses himself. So, so, so the first three plagues happened with the help of Aaron and his rod, right? He's, he's put his rod down. The, the, the water became blood. Put his rod down again. Frogs came out. Now his, the rod, the dust came up. It became lice. 
But from now on, it, it will be from Moses' lips. Amen. So we go to Exodus 21 and 24 to the next, um, to the next plague. And it says, and, uh, well, Exodus 21, yep. Else if thou will not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies upon thee and upon thy servants and upon thy people. And into thy houses and the houses of the Egyptians shall be full of swarms of flies and also to the ground whereon they are. Uh, going down to verse 24, and the Lord did so, and there came a grievous swarm of flies into the house of Pharaoh and into his servant's house and all the land of Egypt. The land was uh, corrupted by reason of the swarm of flies. So now we go to the, to the uh, next plague, the fourth plague, which is the, the flies. And have you ever had flies in your house? You know, you kill them. <laughs> You know, they're, they're, they're so easy for them to come in, but they can't seem to find their way out, right? You have the door wide open. They still can't leave. You know, they just decide to stay. But, but, but Kepri is the Egyptian god of creation, movement of the sun or the rebirth. And the Kepri, uh, uh, the Egyptian god, has the head of a fly. Now, how did they draw that? I don't know. How did they, you know, they didn't have microscopes back then. They probably really got close to it. But with the fourth Egyptian plague, which consisted of flies, begins the great miracle of separation or differentiation. Because up to now, the plagues happened to all of Egypt, right? Uh, up to now, frogs, even in, in the children of Israel started seeing these frogs. You know, they, they saw the blood. They were affected by all these plagues. But now there is, is some separation. You see, because the argument here is that, is that God is telling Pharaoh through Moses, let my people go. It is time to let them go. They're in slavery for too much. It's time to let them go. But not only that, so let, let them go so they may serve me, right? So they may serve me. So again, Pharaoh hardened his heart and disregarded the request resulting in the pronouncements of swarms of, of flies. But this time, like I said, only the Egyptians were affected by the judgment or by the plague, and the children of Israel remained unscathed. So this wonder also moves and the Egyptian place to a different level, adding destruction as well as discomfort to the consequence of their decision, right? Because flies are really uncomfortable, right? They're, you don't want flies because you have to think about where flies habitate, where they roam, you know? You, you, you identify flies with dead things, with nasty things, you know? With, so you don't want flies touching you, right? So, yeah, kill them all, <laughs> amen. So, 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 so that's... So that um, plague only affected the Egyptians, but not the children of Israel. Amen. So, so now Pharaoh tried a new tactic and begins bargaining with the Lord, showing his desire to maintain power and authority over God. He tries to dictate the terms and conditions of the offer, telling them that they may sacrifice, but only in the land. Clearly not complying with the request of the three-day journey that the Lord required, Moses wouldn't budge, and Pharaoh relented, allowing to uh, allowing them to leave, but telling them not to go very far. So they were trying to let them go so they can make sacrifices unto God. But he said, no, well, wh why don't you all do that here? But no, God had a, a specific place for them to go, but Pharaoh will not let them go. Amen. Uh, and as soon as the request granted by the Lord, Pharaoh uh, renegades his promise and will not let them go and continues to worship his Egyptian gods. So that is what's happening right now. The, uh, Moses is trying, through God, trying to, to, to set free the children of Israel, but, but Pharaoh is not budging. So we come now to the fifth plague. 
And Exodus 9, 2 and, 2 and 3 says, For if thou refuse to let them go, and will hold them still, behold, of the hand of the Lord upon thy cattle, which is in the field, upon the horses, upon the donkeys, upon the camels, upon the oxen, upon the sheep, there shall be a very, a very grievous moraine. Uh, down to verse 6. And the Lord did that thing on the morrow. So the next day that happened, and all the cattle in Egypt died. But of the cattle, the children of Israel died, not one. So this is the next plague that, that he brought. He brought uh, destruction or death to the cattle and livestock. Amen. All the animals died. So you got to keep in mind, they, they, they use these animals for many different things. For transportations, for, for farming, for food. You know, they, 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 there's so many uses that, that happen that, that can be done with these animals and God is taking them away. Why? Because he simply will not let his people go. And Hathor is the Egyptian goddess of love and protection. So usually the Egyptian goddess was uh, depicted with the head of a cow. Uh, and the Egyptian plague that happened was the death of cattle and livestock. So Moses once again demanded Pharaoh, let my people go that they may serve me. Revealing also the next Egyptian plague to occur in the condition continued disobedience to the request. So the plague was given with an advanced warning, allowing a period of repentance to occur. Uh, to occur which goes unheeded. It says, tomorrow the hand of the Lord will fall upon all the cattle and livestock if of only the Egyptians as a grievous moraine. So this means that the disease and pestilence will fall upon the livestock with so severe consequence as to cause them to die. And the plague affected the Egyptian by creating a huge economic disaster in many areas like food, um, transportation, military supplies, farming, and the economic goods that are produced by the livestock. So not only are, they, are, are their cattle dying, but their, their whole system is falling down. Their, econo their economy is falling down. Their labor is falling down. Everything is declining simply because they did not take heed to God's warning. Because this plague didn't happen right away. He said tomorrow. So they still had time. If I tell you tomorrow I'm going to do something, you better prepare. You know, you're going to have time to prepare. Or at least you're going to take some time to prepare. Right? But uh, Pharaoh did not. He denied it. He just continued on. Right? So what happens now? All his cattle are dead, and now their economy is flailing. So just imagine if that happens with us nowadays. You know, if, if something that drastic was to happen that nowadays, and we are start losing jobs, we start losing our transportation, you know, we start losing things like that. You know, th that will be very devastating. And if only we knew that we could do something, in this case, you know, Pharaoh did. But if only we could do something, I'm sure we would, right? Because I, I, I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to lose my, my transportation. I don't want to, you know, as, even though we don't like it sometimes, but it's, it's, it's something that we need sometimes, right? But like I said, Pharaoh did not heed, and then now that happened. So we go now to the sixth plague, uh, Exodus 9 and 10 and 11. It says, and, and they took ashes of the furnace and stood before Pharaoh and Moses sprinkled it up towards the heaven and it became a boil breaking forth with blains upon man and upon beast. And the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils for the boils was upon the magicians and upon all the Egyptians. So now it's getting to the people. It went from the land now to the cattle and now to the people. So Isis is Egyptian god, uh, goddess of medicine and peace. The Egyptian plague, ashes turned boils and sores, right? So, so God was, was pretty much letting them know 
that this God that you, that you worship, the, the God of, goddess of medicine and peace, in other words, the, the goddess of health, right? The goddess that, that heals, right? This, this goddess that you serve that heals, I can, I can show you that, that you cannot trust her because I, I will make you sick. I will make boils come out of your skin. Amen? Anybody follow what I'm saying? So, so he's pretty much letting them know, look, this goddess that you worship, that you think can heal you, it's not going to heal you from this because the God of healing can also bring this, amen, can also bring this plague to, to them, right? So unannounced, the sixth Egyptian plague is given for the first time directly attacking the Egyptian people themselves. So being instructed by the Lord, Moses took ashes from the furnace of affliction and threw them into the air as the dust from the ashes blew all over Egypt is settled on man and beasts alike in the form of boils and sores. As with the previous two, uh, throughout the remaining Egyptian plagues, the, the division is drawn between the Egyptians and the children of Israel. Again, only affecting the Egyptians, but not the children of Israel. So the severity of the judgment of God has now become personal. As it is actually felt by the people themselves, cleanliness being paramount in the Egyptian society, uh, this plague pronounces people unclean. So, so not only are they getting boils, now they're being classified as unclean. And, and mind you, it says that, that Egyptians think very highly of themselves. They think they're very clean in all this, but now they're classified as unclean because they have all these boils in them. So the magicians who have been seen throughout the previous plagues are unable to perform uh, these rituals to, the, to their Egyptian gods and goddesses in this unclean state. So not only are they unclean, not only do they have boils, but now they cannot go up to their gods and goddesses because they are unclean, right? So, so God is pretty much telling them, you don't need to worship them. They are not God. They are, you know, I don't even know what you would call them, but they're made-up gods pretty much is what they are, right? Because there's only one God that we should be bowing to, amen? It's only one God that we should be bound to, and that is Jesus. Amen. So, so the like I said, so 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 these magicians could no longer go upon Pharaoh. They could not do anything because they were unclean. And um, it is great to notice the contrast shown as Moses and Aaron are the only ones left standing in front of Pharaoh with the one true God as their support. Amen. Because they have God on their side, they are not affected by this plague. But everybody else, everybody else. Is so at this point, I, I would have thought you know Pharaoh would be like, okay, that, that that's it. You know, you're you, you're messing with our land, you're messing with our cattle, you're messing with our people. You know, I'm gonna let you all go, but but he doesn't, right? So, so then uh, in Exodus nine and twenty three, we continue with the next plague, and Moses stretched forth his rod towards heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail, and the fire ran along upon the ground, and the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. So there was hail and fire mingled with the hail, very grievous, such as there was none like it in all the land since it became a nation. And the hail smote throughout all the land of Egypt and was all in the field, both man and beast. And the hail smote every herb of the field and break every tree of the field. So now it's killing more things. These plagues are killing more things. This hail is, is killing beasts, it's killing humans, it's killing uh, their plantations, it's killing everything. It's, it's bringing destruction. And Newt is the Egyptian goddess of the sky. And, and uh, again, so the warning is, is given before the enactment of the plague takes place. So it tells him, I, I'm going to make this happen. If you read a, a couple of verses before, he tells him, I will make this happen. And still, they don't, you know, they don't recognize. I'm, I mean, after the, first or, after the second plague for me, I would have been like, okay, that's it. 
that's it. I give up, you know, throw, throw the flag. But, but they, he didn't, you know. He's just, you know, his heart was hardened. That's why. Amen. So, uh, hail of unspeakable size and with the ability to destroy. Has anybody been in a hail storm? What's, in, in, what's the biggest hail that you've seen falling by, by show of hand, like size hands? Softball? Okay. Oh, man, somebody's like, <laughs> man, we don't want to see that. But, but hail, you know, if you know, has, has that capacity to kill, has the capabil uh, capability to kill, uh, to destroy things. You know, we, many cars get destroyed, many houses get destroyed, many things get destroyed by hail. But it wasn't only hail, it was hail and fire. Amen? It was hail and fire. And we know fire is very destructive. Amen? Fire will destroy everything. So, again, Pharaoh does not listen uh, God sends these, this plague of hail and fire. And, again, only the Egyptians are affected by this. But, but now uh, a division is now felt between the Egyptians uh, in the form of those converted to the Lord. As shown by their obedience and willingness to escape the protection of their houses, similarly we are warned to make our houses a place of refuge from the world today. We have been warned. Amen. So just as they were finding that security in their homes, that's how we found security in our house. Amen. Uh, these two particular crops were, uh, I mean, sorry, skip this. So interestingly enough, the crops that were destroyed by the hail consisted of flax and barley, which are uh, ripening in the fields. And these two particular crops were not the mainstay of their diet, but they were used more specifically for their clothing and libations. This destruction would make their life uncomfortable for uh, but as far as affecting their food supply, the wheat still survived. This gave the Egyptians still another chance to turn unto the one true God and forsake their own Egyptian gods and goddesses, thus showing his mercy and grace even yet. So it affected most of the crops except, except like it says, the, the, the what's it called? The, the grain, you know, except the stuff that they could eat. So he's, he's pretty much letting them know, I'll destroy everything, but I'll keep you alive, giving you another opportunity to turn to me. But as we know, they don't. And the eighth plague in Exodus 10 and 13, and Moses stretched forth his rod over the land of Egypt, and the Lord brought an east wind upon the land all that day and all night. And when it, and when it was morning, uh, the east wind brought the locust, and the locust went up in the land of Egypt and rested in the coast of Egypt. Very grievous they were uh, before them. There were no such locusts as they, neither them shall be such. So now the eighth plague that he brings is the locust. Now, has, has anybody seen the locust before? Has anybody eaten one? No? People do eat them, you know, just in, in other parts of the world. They, they just, maybe you all don't. Um, my wife made me try one. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, it had lime in it, you know, kind of made the flavor. Of it. You know, that's, I, I, I tell people, I, I'll, I'll try anything once, you know. And that, and that was the ones. So, <laughs> but, but now, so I, imagine all these locusts flying around, jumping, you know, jumping, flying, whatever it is that they do. So, so, so this um, let Egypt know that God can control even Seth, which is the Egyptian god of storms and disorder, because that's what the locusts brought, disorder. Amen. They brought disorder because. It, it says that it was clouds of them, you know, just a lot of them, as far as the eye could see. You know, like I said, seeing these plagues, you may only see them in your imagination, but, but, but feel free to use all five senses 
when you think of these plagues. Just imagine the noise it'll make, you know. Imagine the smell it brings. Imagine how it feels, you know. Have you been in a swarm of gnats and you just feel them hitting you? You know, just imagine something bigger, you know, like a, like a locust. That, that, that's got to hurt, hurt a little bit, you know. Um, I, I've, been, <laughs> I've been driving around uh, with the window down and the bug hit my face before. <laughs> that's, not, that's not pretty. But uh, anyways, but just imagine something like a locust, you know, just flying. And, and like I said, with these plagues, it, it's not only need to imagine it, you know, with your eyes or, you know, with your vision, you know, with, with what you can see. But, but, but try to be there, you know, in all five senses, like with the hail and the fire. You know, if you've been close to a furnace, you kind of burn yourself in the hail. You know, um, I've had this happen to me where an acorn fell right on top of my head so hard that it, it, it created a little bump, you know. And, uh, yeah, it, it sounded hollow like he said. No, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> the little cricket came out. No, I'm kidding. No, um, but yeah, it, it hurt, you know. So, so just imagine hail so big. I mean, hail so destructive, just enough to kill somebody, you know. Um, so it, it, it's some things we don't think about. We just imagine. But, but this is what's happening uh, to uh, Egypt because they don't want to let the people, uh, the children of Israel go. Uh, the next one, uh, the ninth plague, we find in Exodus 10 and 23. It says that Moses stretched forth his hand towards heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt for three days. They saw not one another, neither rose any from this place for three days, but all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Now, uh, I remember uh, Brother Junior and Brother Moses and I, we did a little podcast a long time ago. And uh, Brother Junior, I remember he was, he was telling the story when you went to a cavern and, uh, you know, uh, they were deep underground and... Uh, they had lights, of course, but then the, the, the guy told him to, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I don't know. The, I don't remember the story correctly. But they told him to turn all the lights off to see complete darkness. Now, I, I've been in the dark, you know, when you wake up in the middle of the night to get a sip of water. You trip over, you know, your dog or something. Um, but you can still see, right, because there's sunlight coming in. You may have your little alarm clock on, giving light. You know, those things can put up a lot of light, you know. <laughs> those things will illuminate the whole room. Uh, you know, you have a nightlight may, maybe plugged in, you know, for those of you that sleep with a nightlight. Um, you have your phone, you know, with a flashlight. I remember when you used to have a flip phone, you would open it and just walk around like this. <laughs> yeah, you all did that. Yeah, that's right. So, um, you know, but, but I've never been in complete darkness. You know, I, I, everywhere I've been, only when I close my eyes, but you still see some light, right? But um, anyways, but imagine just being in that complete darkness, you know, and... and um, now, again, it's not only that it made it dark. So God caused it so, so it was only dark in Egypt, but not in the children of Israel. I mean, not for the children of, of, of Israel. They had light in their dwellings. That's what, is what the Bible says. Um, have you ever had a power outage in your neighborhood? And you see your neighbors don't have power, and you're over here with your AC on and flicking the lights on and off, you know? I check on the Smeco app, see who has, like, I was like, ha, ah, you know. But I pray for them, you know, hope their electricity comes back soon, you know, because I've, I've been without electricity before, and it's not fun, you know, uh, especially when the house gets hot really fast. But anyways, um, so Ra is the sun god, the Egyptian sun god. And uh, darkness now fell upon Egypt unannounced as a prelude of the future fate to be felt by the Egyptian empire with the message of the Lord when the message of the Lord was not heeded. And they still turned to their own Egyptian gods and goddesses. Three days 
of palpable, uh, palpable darkness that was so immense it could be physically felt covered the land of Egypt. So, so just imagine being that dark that you can feel the darkness. I, I, I don't even know how to explain that. And like, I've been outside in the dark, and, and you, feel, you feel some type of way. So imagine feeling like that for three days straight. You know, I, I, I don't like darkness. You know, I, I grew up in a, uh, back in Mexico, my, my, and my uncles, they, they were mean. You know, they used to scare me a lot when I would go outside because they didn't have bathrooms. They had outhouses, but they weren't near the house. They were a little way off. They're like, yeah, just go by yourself. I'll, I'll be here. As soon as I start walking, they close the door and turn the lights off. And I'm like finding my way, <laughs> trying to go. So, so I, I, I don't like frogs or darkness, so I would have had a hard time here, you know. So, so, yeah, so, but now the Lord showed that he had control over the sun as a witness that the God of Israel has ultimate power of life and death. He's saying, look, that, that sun God that you worship, I have control over it. In fact, I created the sun is, is what God was letting them know. Why? Because he is the I am, amen? Uh, in the last one, uh, uh, the 10th plague in Exodus 11 and 4 and 5, it says, And Moses said, Thus says the Lord, About midnight I will go out in the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn of the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon the throne, even to the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the mill, and the, all the firstborn of, of the beasts. So which God was God, which Egyptian God was God aiming at? It was Pharaoh, which is the ultimate power of Egypt, you know, the, 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 the Egyptian. Uh, I mean, which is the ultimate power of Egypt. So now, all the Egyptians wor worship their Pharaoh. You know, they worship all these other gods, but overall, Pharaoh is the head of the gods, is how the Egyptians see that. So now, Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, was worshipped by the Egyptians because, like I said, he was considered the greatest Egyptian god of them all. It was believed that he was actually the son of Ra himself, the god of the sun, manifested in the flesh. But after the plague of darkness fell through the land, uh, was lifted, Pharaoh resumed his position of bargaining with the Lord um, and offered Moses another deal. So since uh, if, if you read the context, you know, he, he pretty much offered him, you know, hey, I'll let you go not so far again. You know, I, I, I'm just trying to give him, you know, like a bargain a deal with him like he tried to do previously. But obviously, that's not God, what God wanted. God wanted his, his, his people to be liberated, right? Um, but, but, but this is when the Israelites began to listen, you know? All this other time, all these other plagues, it was affecting them. But this time, it, it wasn't only the plague that was happening, but they, there was a preparation that needed to take place, Amen. And we know that as the Feast of Passover or the Feast of the Unleavened Bread or the Law of the Firstborn. And uh, in these rituals, they are displayed the Law of Sacrifice, the Law of the Gospel, and the Law of Consecration, and all necessary requirements to receive ultimate salvation from spiritual death. So, so you have to keep in mind what, what's happening here. So, so after all these plagues happened, the tenth one was going to affect the whole, the entire land of Egypt. The firstborn uh, was going to die. But not only for the Egyptians this time, it was also for the children of Israel. So what God had, had um, Moses tell the people is that you need to prepare. You need to take a, a, a clean animal. You have to sacrifice it, take the blood, put the blood on, on, the, on, the, on the post, um, and uh, apply it to the doorpost. And, you know, the, the, the angel of, of God will come. The first one will die. 
And if, if, if you don't have the blood, he'll pass over. You know, that's why they call it Passover. Um, but like I said, it, it wasn't just, just so uh, that this will happen to Egypt, but it was going to happen to the entire land of Egypt. So now, like I said, there's that preparation that, 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 that needed to happen because God had already proven that he was superior with all these other plagues, right? But by the sixth plague, the magicians cannot even stand by their feet. Why? Because uh, they had boils and all that. By the eighth plague, the servants of Pharaoh were actively begging Pharaoh to let Moses and the Israelites go. You, you, you see what's happening here. And, and now in, in, in modern times, right, people don't worship other gods you know, but they still worship um, other things like money, right, their careers, uh, their fame, or other worldly standards of success. And God has no problem proving that any of these gods that we serve, that we may uh, worship, are weak and insufficient because he is enough, right, amen? He is sufficient. But if we allow him to, God can demonstrate himself as the only God that is worth serving, amen? He is our protection, amen? He is our healing, he is our salvation, amen? Anything that you need in God, he is, amen? Since the beginning, he told Moses, I am that I am. You, whatever you need, I am. You need healing today, he is healing, amen? You need salvation today, he is salvation, amen? So, 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 so we don't have to focus on serving any other things in this world. We only have to focus on serving and worshiping God, amen? So the plagues made the Lord known to Egypt because God used the plagues to demonstrate himself as, re, as a real and powerful in the lives of the Egyptians. And the ten plagues also helped make God known to the Israelites. The Israelites had not been living in the freedom God desired for them. They've been enslaved for 400 years, amen. The plagues on Egypt revealed to the Hebrews that God was still on their side and fighting for them even during their darkest hour. Even, even while all these plagues were going on, God still kept them from some things. Amen. And today, we, that, that may happen to us. We may not have all these plagues going around, but there are certain things going around our world. But somehow God is keeping us. Amen. And, and even if we go through the same thing that the world goes through, we know that we have a God that we can call. Amen. We know that God is with us. Amen. He is for us and he will be there in the midst of our trials. Amen. So the plagues reminded them that God was still in control and working for their deliverance. God sent Moses to remind them of this message. And today, God has given us bishops, has given us pastors, has given us teachers, you know, just to remind us of God's power and plan for our lives. Amen. So, 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 so we don't need a, a Moses. You know, we have the word now. Amen. We can go. We have pastors. Amen. We have people like Bishop. You know, we have we have people that are showing us all these things, amen? So, 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 so what should we do in this case, knowing that there is a God? We should fear, first of all, and believe the Lord, amen? Because that's what the, the people of uh, the children of Israel did, right? It says that, that they feared the Lord and believed the Lord, amen? They believed in the Lord and his servant Moses. So, so, so not only were they, were they being revealed that, that God was for them, that God was operating for them, and that God wanted to deliver them, but also that Moses was being used by God, amen? So it's, it was showing them uh, favor in, in the eyes of the people by God, amen? So in Exodus 14 31, it records, like I said, that they saw a great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians, and the people feared the Lord, and believe the Lord and his servant Moses. So this type of fear does not mean that they were scared or anxious about God, what God might do. 
But in this context, to fear God means to uh, revere and respect God with a sense of awe and wonderment, recognizing his great power and sovereignty over the world and our lives. So it wasn't the fear, like, like, like it says, you know, that, that, that they're scared of what he's going to do. But they had that respect for him. They had that reverence, you know, of God. And that's what we must have today, amen? We must have that fear, that reverence, that respect for God, uh, that he is who he is. We must be amazed, you know. We must be in awe of who he is, amen? Amen. Um, skipping down these. Um, so now, so going back to, to, the, to the last uh plague or, or to their deliverance and protection. So the Israelites were protected from the plagues, but in the 10th plague, God purposed to kill the firstborn of every household, like I was saying earlier. But God gave special instructions for how the Israelites were to protect themselves from suffering. Each household was commanded to slaughter a lamb and smear the blood on the doorframe of the house. And when God would pass through the land to enact the final plague, he would see the blood covering the household and pass over that house. And everyone in the house would be spared. Amen. So the blood of the lamb was foreshadowing the blood that another lamb would shed one day. Amen. And it's talking about Jesus. When John the Baptist first saw Jesus, he cried out in John 1 and 29, he said, behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Amen. Jesus, it was showing us that, that we need the blood of the Lamb. Amen. And Jesus is likened to the blood of the Lamb. Amen. His blood, Jesus is the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. And it was revealed to John that the coming Messiah would be sacrificed and his blood would provide atonement and protection from eternal death and punishment, just like, like it did for the Egyptians. Amen. So so I mean for the children of Israel. So how can how can we do that? Amen. Well, we have to apply the blood to our lives. Amen. We have to apply the blood to our lives. I mean, the blood of uh, that Jesus shed on Calvary is still effective to this day. Amen. It wasn't only for that time. It's still effective today. When we apply Jesus' blood to our lives, we too can experience freedom, protection, and deliverance. Amen. John said that we are to submit to God and walk in the light. And the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse us from sin. Amen. Like uh, 1 John 1 and 7, uh, Paul wrote that we have redemption through his blood. Amen. We are redeemed through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Amen. Uh, Peter wrote uh, in First uh, Peter 1 uh, and 18, it says that, that, the, that believers have been redeemed. Amen. They have been redeemed by the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. That clean lamb that was taken back in Egypt, that clean, clean lamb is Jesus, amen. He, he was uh, without blemish, without spot, without sin, uh, without sin. He was perfect, amen. So just as the Israelites applied the blood to the doorposts of their houses, so the New Testament believers applied the blood of Jesus to their souls when they repented and they were buried in baptism and received the Holy Spirit. Amen. That, that is still important this morning. Amen. That is still important today. You know, the plan of salvation, getting baptized, uh, repent of your sins, uh, receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's how we apply the blood of Jesus to our lives. Amen. Um, and, 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 and you have to keep in mind that throughout their walk, even after they were delivered, they still had to be atoned for their sins. This, this uh, ritual was not only done in the day of Passover, but as they continued in their walk with God, they had to always provide a sacrifice. But Jesus came 
uh, to provide that sacrifice once, amen? He did it once and he did it for all, like it says in Hebrews 10 and 10. Uh, his, death was, his death was once and for all, amen? So we must believe that his blood is still effective, amen, to this day. We can still apply his blood to our lives and experience redemption, cleansing, and deliverance, amen? And uh, the Passover, you know, I'm sorry. I repeated that twice. I'm so God gave the Israelites instructions to protect themselves during the Passover, amen? So those are the same instructions that is given us, amen? Uh, we have to, to repent of our sins, amen? We have to be baptized in the name of Jesus. I mean, that's how we apply the blood of Jesus to our lives and receive the Holy Ghost, amen? Uh, the Egyptians were so weak from the place that God allowed the Hebrews to plunder the Egyptians on their way out of town, amen? They took precious metals with them. When they exited, amen, they, they took jewelry and clothing, whatever they wanted from the Egyptians, they took. And when the Israelites reached the Red Sea, some of them thought God's divine favor was about to cease. Why? Because they come to the Red Sea now and they're like, well, why? You know, they saw the Egyptians following them. They're like, well, we're going to die now. You know, it, one of them said, you know, there were not enough graves in Egypt. That's why you brought us out here to die. Right? So, so, so it goes from that, from that power of deliverance, right, from, from that uh, delivering power, and now they come to this place where they think that God's favor is done. Amen? And, and, and anybody been in that place before? You know, especially when you're a new convert, amen? Uh, if, if you didn't grow up in the church, and even if you did grow up in the church, you, you still become baptized, right? You still receive the, the, the Holy Ghost. You, you still uh, repent of your sins, amen? And then you come to a place where you think you are delivered, but there is a Red Sea in front of you, and there is an enemy behind you. Amen? And you find yourself in that place, right, where, where you think, well, where is God? Amen? But, 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 if, but if we see, as we know in the story, God was not done with them, right? He made a way for them. Amen? And, and if that's us this morning, he will make a way for us. Amen? So because that is who he is, right? He is our deliverer. Amen? He is our protection. Amen? He, he, will, he has destroyed the enemy. He showed us back in, even back in the Exodus that the enemy was destroyed. Amen? That's behind us. And, 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 and what they do now, right? They rejoice. Amen? Uh, when, when after all this happened, and, and I, I know I'm, I'm all over the place right now, but I'm trying to, to get back on track. Amen? So the ten plagues happened, right? They were delivered from Egypt, right? They started heading to the promised land. Like God has promised. They come to this place and they see, amen, uh, that, that, that God had done a work in Egypt. So, so, so what did the Israelites do now? They fear the Lord and they believe in the Lord, amen. And now they cross, on, uh, they, they cross the river, they come to the other side and they rejoice, amen. And, and uh, Exodus 15 and 1, it says they sang, Moses and the children of Israel did this song unto the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed and gloriously the house and his rider has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he is become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him in habitation. My father's God, and I will exalt him. Amen. So, so, so what is that letting us know? That when we are delivered, when we are set free, when the enemy is put behind us, we have to let somebody know. 
Amen. We have to rejoice. Amen. So, so can we do that this morning? Will you stand up to your feet? I'm coming to a conclusion. So, so can we do that this morning? We know that God has delivered us. Amen. And, and, and that is the power that your testimony has. I mean, that is the power of your testimony. That, that you can say, look, I, I was in bondage. I was enslaved, you know. God showed favor to me. You know, he, he, even though I didn't believe in him, even though I didn't see him, I, he still showed me favor. He still kept me from things. Amen. And, and, and if that's not the case for you, you know, uh, because many, many times we come to, to, to a place that, you know, that God was never there for me. You know, uh, God was never there. But, but once you come to him, he reveals to you that he's always been there. Amen. And, 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 and even if, if, if you don't go through, through something bad in your life, you know, because my testimony is not going to be the same from Brother Junior's. You know, God, God kept him from things that, that, that maybe I had to go through. And God made him go through things that he probably kept from me. But, but, but that's, that's the redeeming power of God, that one day we can say, well, God, you, you, you may have allowed me to go through this to teach me something or, or, or to reveal something to me, but at the same time, you kept me from some things. Amen? For example, he kept you from death right now. You're, you're still alive here. You're here. He's, he's keeping you from, from dying. Amen? So, so, so that's something that we should rejoice about. Amen? That, that's something that, that we should really think about because even if he hasn't done anything for me, he's, he's been good, good, better than me than I've been to myself. Amen? So would you lift your hand unto God and we'll pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Jesus, for that redeeming power, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for, 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 for showing us today, Lord, that, that even while the whole world is going through things, and even those things we may go through, we know that you are with us. Amen. And, and, and we also know that you are keeping us from things, Lord. You're keeping us, Lord. You're, you're, you're keeping us safe, Lord. We give you thanks for your protection, Lord. Even when we don't know that you're there, we know that you're working for us, Jesus. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, let's have church now. Amen. Let's have church. Uh, the doors are going to open. Greet one another. Uh, we'll, have, we'll commence here in a little bit. Amen. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus.